Um, the final thing, Case, before we wrap up and send it to Harper's interview that I wanted to ask you is, do you think George Peros has a personal vendetta against the Toronto Maple Leafs? Fuel the fire, Case. You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 199 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Almost at 200, Casey. We are so, so, so close. Uh, This time, just myself, Chad Melbourne, and joined by Casey Abrams. No Harper Cody this evening. He has it made. He is going to the Ottawa Senators game tonight um, for what feels like the 25th time this season. It feels like he's always at Sens games and you know, good for him. So we'll we'll uh, hold the fort down today. Case, just you and I, we're going to be talking about the Morgan Riley suspension news that literally just dropped like 15 minutes ago before we're recording this pod. You'll be hearing this on Wednesday at the earliest. Um, so that should still be fresh for you. And then at the end here, we're going to tack on an interview that Harper did with Rebecca Sharp. She's a sledge hockey coach who was just honored last month by the Ottawa 67s and has been nominated for Coach of the Year for the 2024 Ottawa Awards. So before we get to all of that case, how you doing, man? Doing all right. I'm a bit hangry because I don't get to eat until after we record the podcast. And I've just been <laughs> sitting here for the suspension news to break. And well, it's getting late. Yeah. What a league that we follow. It, it, it's a league where <laughs> the, the hearing for Morgan Riley this was public knowledge. It was at one o'clock this afternoon and we didn't get the news until we got a weeksy bomb, Kevin Weeks, like 15 minutes ago. And like, like Morgan Riley, if you're Morgan Riley, are you not getting ready for warm up at this time? Like clearly he knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to be suspended, but like the people didn't know that. And it's just like, why are we dropping this news 30 minutes before the Leafs are supposed to take the ice and play another game? In the league. I know there's more important things, but I think about so many fantasy managers out there right now just stressing out, like, what do I do with Morgan Riley? Very true. Very true. Um, Before we get to that, doing well, man. Uh, I am just counting down the days until reading week. I know uh, you and I are both excited to be playing some video games in this upcoming week or so. So that's going to be nice. Reading week starts on Monday. I've got some work to catch up on. I've got some uh, uh, other stuff to catch up on for Boys in the Booth. I'm going to try to finish the Boys in the Booth classic video by the end of next week. So you heard it here first. Hold me to it. We'll see how that goes. But (laughs) <laughs> this has become like Chikrin getting traded. I've just I heard it so much that I don't believe it anymore. I know. The problem is I thought someone else was going to do it and I had an editor all lined up and then uh, it's just been weighing on me. It's one of those things. But you're here. We're here. You're listening right now to talk or to, to listen to us talk about the Morgan Riley suspension. Just broke five games. But before we get to evaluating a case, I just wanted to get your initial thoughts. Everyone knows exactly what happened. Ridley Gregg came down, took a slap shot on on the empty net against the Maple Leafs on Saturday night. And then Morgan Riley took exception, cross-checked him in the face. So what was your initial reaction to the slap shot first? We're going to compartmentalize this. So just the slap shot, what was your initial reaction? For just the slap shot, he knows what he's doing. Obviously, that's a slap in the face. That's an FU. That's, uh, you know, we've beaten you multiple times this year. We're in last place. Uh, getting a little frustration out at the same time as pissing off the Leafs is 
you know, always good as a senator, right? Yeah. Were you like, like if you were on the ice, is that something that you would have taken exception to? Like, would you have been as pissed as Morgan Riley? Yeah, I get pretty competitive and I'd say that something like that would bring the worst out of me. And I probably would have skated straight at him. I don't know if I would have cross-checked him in the head, but I, yeah, something would happen. I don't think many people would have cross-checked him in the head. I mean, maybe drop your gloves or try to do something, but obviously that was a little over the top and that's why he got suspended. But I was at uh, a bar getting drinks that night and I was watching the game on my phone with Steve McCann actually. And we were watching it together and we see that happen. And literally like as it happened, I saw the slap shot and in my head, I'm thinking, kill him. Like you better, you better do something like you better, like you can't let something happen. Like what happened to Timothy Lilligren earlier in the year when Brad Marchand buried him into the boards from behind. And it wasn't really a bury. It's more like a slew foot, dangerous play into the boards anyway. And then all the Leafs just kind of stand around hands in their pockets, like not doing anything. So as soon as I saw Ridley Gregg do that, I was like, someone's got to do something. So personally, and I think this goes for almost like every Leaf fan on the planet. We loved it. Like we absolutely loved the reaction. And that's what I wanted to get to next. What was your, uh, hold on. I, okay. I'd say that the disrespect of the slap shot into the empty net falls in between, um, rifling the puck at the goalie after the whistle. Yeah. And letting the puck slide into the net after the whistle. You know how they're like stick handling? They just kind of let it go yeah. and it slides in. It's somewhere in between there. Like sliding it in, in the net without actually shooting it, I'm like saying something. Slap shotting yeah. it in my net, I'm doing something. Shooting it at my goalie after the whistle, I'm flying in there. Yeah. And by the way, did you see uh, How To Hockey, the video that he made? The other day, I think it was just yesterday of him, just like all the different ways you can put it into the, to the empty net, the most disrespectful ways possible. I thought yeah, that was hilarious. I saw the, like the fake slap shot and the, you almost got it. And yeah. 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 No, I, I thought that was great. So, okay. That's what I wanted to get to next case. Uh, what was your, or what were your thoughts on the response from Riley? Um, I think that. This really divided the internet and looking at some of the comments and, you know, the posts and everyone's reactions, it's like, there's a bunch of different camps. There's the camp of like, totally deserve. There's the camp of like, we got to leave this, this code behind if this is what it's resulting in. But I think the one that I can uh, respect the most and what I'm calling it a smart least fan at the moment is the ones that see this and say, yeah, something had to be done. Riley had to do that. He should be suspended. Yeah. And for multiple games. Like that's that's the only way. There's some that are saying he shouldn't be suspended. There's some saying, you know, I don't know. He had to do something there. They yeah. had to show a bit of emotion. There's been a whole lack of that. It, the whole point of having Ryan Reeves is that he stops stuff like this. But you know what? He's not going to be on the ice when you have the net pulled at the end of the game trying to come back. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's hard for him to do anything, even with like Lilligren in the past, it's hard for him to do something when he's playing eight and a half minutes a game because he's not that talented. So yeah. it's, that's the situation there. So yeah, someone's got to do something. And of course it's going to be Morgan Riley. Who, who else was on the ice? It's not going to be Matthews and Marner. Those guys aren't boys. doing anything. So yeah, it's going to be Morgan Riley and it, it was needed. You know, what is so frustrating 
about what happened after the play is that when you watch the video, we talked about how it's all the big boys on the ice, right? It's 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 like the core four, Morgan Riley, whoever else. And the the thing that frustrates Leafs fans and the reason why a reaction like this was kind of needed to please the fans is because you look at Matthews after and he's just hanging out with whoever on the sense. And then you look at Marner, like he's looking around. He doesn't even have a guy. He didn't grab a guy. So it's like you look at that kind of stuff. And I know you can't expect it from guys who make $13.25 million, the highest paid player in the league. You can't expect him to go out there and do something stupid like Morgan Riley did. But when you look at that from a fan perspective, you're like, come on, guys. Like, where's the pulse? Where's the heartbeat? And I think that's why Leafs fans saw this, saw this response from Riley and were like, okay, this is, this is nice. This is what we needed. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to read the comments if they didn't do something because it would just be so toxic from, from Leafs fans about that. Yeah. Like we think the media coverage is bad over the last couple of days because Morgan Riley did do something. Well, how much worse would it be if nobody did anything? Yeah. You know, like, and then Ridley Gregg just, you know, takes a slap shot, goes to his bench, is like tapping knuckles with the boys on the way by and like no one says anything. And you just got beat by a team who's like in last place in the division. And it's just embarrassing all the way around. And by the way, I feel like this story and, and some other people have said this on Leafs focus podcast too. Like this story of Morgan Riley jumping Ridley Gregg or cross-checking him after the play, this has dominated like the media over the last few days when, you know, the Leafs poor play in that game probably should be headlining the media stories, but it's completely covered up by Morgan Riley, which honestly, like that's a leader right there, kind of deflecting the media attention away. We interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of our favorite partners, Sign Up Expert. If you're a sports better, whether a brand new one, casual or hardcore, listen very carefully because this ad is for you. Guys, line shopping for the best odds matters, and that's why any profitable sports better needs to be using multiple sports books to maximize their winnings. Thankfully, there has never been a better time to get signed up, and we are here to connect you with the best promotions industry-wide. When you use our link at signupexpert.com slash boysinthebooth, you can get access to all the top sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and their benefits. Most importantly, all of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through our link, again, signupexpert.com slash boysinthebooth, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one, allowing you to start line shopping with an enhanced bankroll. Guys, once again, it's simple. When you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds out there, which is key to being successful and taking home those winnings, baby. So if you want to take advantage of these incredible benefits and support our brand all at the same time, it's a win-win, please consider signing up for your next sportsbook through our link in the description down below. Signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. One more time, that's signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. Hey guys, Harp here from the pod. 
We all want two things as sports fans when it comes to buying tickets. To not be ripped off by scalpers and to have an easy way to do it. That's where SeatGeek comes in. This pod is sponsored by the absolute best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. It does this awesome thing where they score each ticket out of 10 based on its value so you know whether you're getting a good deal or not. If the tickets are green, you'd better act quick and secure those things, but if the tickets are red, maybe wait a little bit before pulling the trigger and monitor the price in the SeatGeek app. SeatGeek just makes it way too easy. Anyways, here's the best part. SeatGeek has completely hooked us up. Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Click the link in the description to download the app today. And remember to get your discounted tickets to your favorite sporting events using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Yeah, I'm reading all the argument in the arguments in the comments, and then I get to one that's like, "Well, you shouldn't have been down a man, and or uh, you shouldn't have been in the situation with an empty net in the first place." I'm like, "Yeah, they probably shouldn't be losing to the Senators." Yeah, I mean, especially when they go up a goal in the first period, almost go up two in that game, and then the goal gets called back for offside on Max Domi, and it just it's it's a game that you frankly can't lose to a team whose rebuild has lasted twice as long as they wanted to and are in the basement of the NHL. Like it's unacceptable. Yeah. Um, and that's just my dig at sense fans and the team because I have to get it in right now. Um, okay. There were a lot of comments coming from the players. We talked about how like the, the media and, and just the internet is kind of divided on this. Well, the players were seemingly pretty conflicted too. And not only on, party lines like it's not separated by party lines so i don't know if you heard the claude Giroux quote about this but he was essentially saying everything but yeah that was stupid by greg and he shouldn't have done it you know like you listen to that quote and again like i'm not sure if you've heard it or not but he was essentially like he wanted to say that was stupid he won't do it again but because he's a teammate couldn't really go further into that and And then on the other side from the Maple Leafs too, like there are some pretty spicy quotes coming out of that media presser afterwards. Like Sheldon Keefe said that the response from Riley was appropriate. And Ryan Reeves today said, make hockey violent again, and that he's going to get it tattooed on his body. So what were your thoughts on some of the quotes that came out of this from the players? Oh yeah, Claude Giroux, it's, you know, it's a funny situation where he's a vet in the league and he knows how the league operates and do you do you stick with the code or do you stick with your player? I personally am always sticking with my player, and that's why he beat around the bush there. You know, he, he's trying to play both sides, but in the end, he's got to he's got to stick up for his guy. Uh, Sheldon Keith, I thought that he played that perfectly fine. Normally, I hear him in press conferences, and I'm like, oh, what is he talking about? But to say like it was appropriate. Meaning, like, I need my guys to sh- to show something like that. Mm-hmm. And when they're like, uh, "Do you think it's going to be a suspension?" Basically, they they said something around those lines. He's like, "Yeah, they'll they'll take a look at it for sure." And it's like, yeah. 
yeah, they yeah. will. <laughs> so I was totally fine with what he was saying too. And then I don't know, Ryan Reeves, it's, I, I think it's, it's rich coming from a guy that just doesn't play. So he, he hasn't done any of this uh, violent acts that he's brought in to do. So I think that's ridiculous, but the, the argument and the topic that a lot of people are talking about is, does this happen if fighting is more, you know, more pop, not more popular, but still more frequent. Yeah, it's more of a NHL. factor. It's more yeah. prevalent. I yeah. mean, that's that's the question here. Is and it's what a lot of people are saying when they're going to take away fighting. When they take away fighting in the queue, um, the past year, it was all the comments were like incoming sticking penalties, high sticking, cross checking, slashing, because there's no one to pay the price like that anymore. So I don't know. That's. That's the question I think a lot of us are left with here. Yeah. And, and sticking with quotes, there was one more from Keith today that I thought was interesting too. Um, it was either today or, or maybe yesterday after practice or something. But uh, obviously the news hadn't come that Riley was suspended for five games. Um, and they asked Keith like, what his thoughts were that Riley was getting an in-person hearing, which for those who don't know, if you're granted an in-person hearing, that that means that the league has the ability to suspend you for five or more games. But if it's just a, a Zoom hearing or whatever, it can't be more than that. So um, that's the significance of the in-person hearing. And that was granted for Morgan Riley for this play. Now, funny enough, the in-person part of it didn't actually happen because there's a bit of a snowstorm going on in New York or whatever. So it was done by Zoom anyways, but it was classified as an in-person hearing, which is important for for the NHL and, and their rules around this kind of thing um, for player safety. But anyway, going back to what Sheldon Keefe said, he, he replied and was essentially like, well, we've looked at quite a few cross checks that are essentially of a similar nature. And I'm shocked that this is even eligible for an in-person hearing because it's not more egregious than a lot of the other ones. So he didn't say it in, in, in that many words, but that's essentially what he said, which I thought was interesting too, because normally you don't hear coaches or players for that matter, speak out against NHL player safety or the referees or anything. They're usually pretty tight lipped, especially in Toronto. Um, so I thought that was just kind of interesting to hear that, you know, they're willing to share their true thoughts and opinions about this thing, because I mean, let's be honest and we're, going to get into this quickly in in a bit but like there's been some suspensions that have gone against maple leafs players that a lot of people around the league kind of disagree with so i just thought that was interesting yeah i mean a lot of the times i think that they're holding their lip because uh you know players get a five thousand dollar fine for stuff like this and then coaches get twenty five thousand dollar fines for saying that they don't like refing so it's yeah it's pretty sketchy to say stuff about this but yes um, yeah, I mean, uh, of course, he's going to back his guy and, and try to say that it's not worthy of two plus games or whatever he wherever he was drawing the line. And I think it's easy to say that from his side. But when you sit here and try to anticipate how many games this is going to be, it's impossible because there's so yeah. <laughs> like there's no consistency at all when it comes to the player safety and and their suspensions they hand down and. I mean, I'm looking at, I don't know if you want to get into like how many games we thought it should be yet or where you're well, at on your. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this then. What are your thoughts on the length of the suspension? We can get into to all of that. Like I, I was having a hard time picking how many games it was going to be because I look at 
history and how many games they've they've handed out this year and and previous years and you know i'm thinking like while i've seen greg himself get a there was two game suspension and in a defensive act he a guy was coming at him he sticks his hands up catches him with a cross check and gets two games so that's that's trying to protect yourself not taking care of your stick and, and hurting someone and getting two games. That was uh, PLD a couple of years ago, right? On on Pierre Luc Dubois when he did that. Yeah, last year. Last year, Greg was okay. a rookie. Um, yeah, and so that's defense. This is Morgan Riley going straight after a guy. So I'm thinking, you know, intent, and that's where Perron gets gets brought into this. He you know, hurt a guy and the wrong one. That's, I don't know if they added a game for that, but they, you just, that's blind rage, I guess. And maybe, maybe they took that into account. They're like, Hey, you didn't even get the right guy. You were just looking to hurt someone. So here's six games. And then, you know, I, I think about the severity of it. And that one brings me to Manji mm-hmm. which he had a guy flat on the ice and cross check him in the back of the neck mm-hmm. and got one game. So, but, but also with Manjapani, I should mention too, he didn't fully extend, and that was in in the argument from player safety. He didn't fully extend his hands with full force. Now, I'm glad you said that because okay. that brings me to one last example. And do you remember how many games Austin Matthews got for cross checking Dalene? Yes. If Matthews got two, then Riley should get one or less. I don't know how Matthews was in more. I looked back at that one and that's assault. He jumps up and comes down full extension on the top of his neck, yeah. like in the paralyzed button. Yeah. I don't, how, how is that not more? So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, they're built. They've changed over the years and, and they're adding on more games. But I started looking at that one as a close comparison because that was that was rage, that was targeting, and it was like kind of vicious. I think that Riley's was less vicious. So that's where I was trying to like trying to compare, but oh. okay. We we know one of the things that the that the player safety department supposedly considers is distance traveled which I don't know if you've heard of this, but when just like listening to it and listening to 32 thoughts today and talk about this whole situation, distance traveled was a big factor in the Perron decision. Um, so I think it was somewhere, this was going to land eventually somewhere between the Matthews two games and the Perron six. And it did it's five, which I think is maybe a game or two too much, but at the end of the day, like it is kind of within the range that most people thought it was going to be. The thing with Matthews is he was in a back and forth with Darlene and yeah. was standing still. And yeah, yeah, he drilled him in the neck. Like that was <laughs> that was bad. I think that's the worst one I've seen in a couple of years. Like that that was bad. But he didn't travel and it wasn't yeah. like it, Darlene also wasn't defenseless. He was engaged in it. So <clears throat> all of those are factors. And I, then I can the agree with that. One, yeah, and, I can agree so, with that because that's a reactionary, you know, I don't know, you, you don't have time to think about it. You're trying to do something and it's stupid what you do. Whereas you have, he had four seconds to think about what he was going to do to Greg there and still yeah. decided I'm doing this. So, yeah. And, and just to finish uh, the point on Perron, the difference between that and the Matthews one was Perron was literally skating 
away from the the scene basically artem zub had his hand up like this waving on a trainer and was like <laughs> defenseless and perron drilled him like absolutely drilled a defenseless player after turning around doing a literal 180 skating straight back at him and and obliterating him yeah that was that was the part i was shaking my head at the most was you know uh Zub was trying to be the good guy there yeah. <laughs> and he got taken out. But, yeah. you know, the argument in that one is that um, Larkin got cross-checked in the head is, is what the, the Detroit fans would say. And and yeah. it's the same argument that I think Morgan Riley's camp is trying to say that he targeted the shoulder and then it grazed up and got Greg because that's what happened in the Larkin thing. That's the argument. I'm not saying that that's ha- what happened in either case. But yeah. so... I heard a lot of a lot of that, but yeah, definitely Perron should be more. So I, I think I'm kind of happy where they ended up with five. Yeah, like like I said, I think five is maybe a little more than is deserved, given the fact that it like Riley didn't. Of course, he skated distance because it was an empty netter. Like you're back checking, like you're trying to catch up with him, and then he just turns, and you are t- kind of turning with him. So, of course, he skated distance, but it wasn't like the Perron situation where he did a 180 and just hunted him down in a predatory way. It, it was a little bit different. And another factor that sort of mitigates it for Riley compared to the Perron one is the fact that, um, you know, we, we mentioned in the Perron hit, Zub was completely defenseless and calling for the trainer, whereas in this one uh, for Riley and Grig, Grig was looking right at him and and was expecting him to engage. And then he did and clearly went past the line. But still, I think those are two subtle differences. And something I wanted to bring up while we were talking about the Perron one too, did you see Alan Walsh's tweet after the suspension happened? This sums up kind of my feelings on the Department of Player Safety. Um, This is what Alan Walsh had to say, who is the, the agent of David Perron. He said, the Department of Player Safety, The Department of Player Suspensions, a.k.a. the Peros Kangaroo Court, is a media slash PR entity that has nothing to do with player safety. Baseball bat swing to a player's head? No hearing. David Perron, 1,100 NHL games without a suspension? Zub played the next shift? Six games is a farce. That's what he had to say about that. So (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. Um, But the games played is something that we didn't touch on either. Morgan Riley has played a ton of games in the league. He's never had a suspension before. Up until this game, he had three minor penalties all year. Like this guy is a Lady Bing candidate. Like he is a gentleman out there. And it's one of those things. Like he has no priors. Why did he get five games? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I still think it should be four or five games. So I think four would be a healthy medium. I think that would be fine. I'm not, again, like I'm not... Either way here, I'm not overly concerned with it. He deserved to get suspended. If it's a game more or less than than what it is, like it doesn't really change much. Um, the final thing, Case, before we wrap up and send it to Harper's interview that I wanted to ask you is, do you think George Peros has a personal vendetta against the Toronto Maple Leafs? Fuel the fire, Case. <laughs> I don't know. I don't don't have much of an opinion on this. I I personally don't think so. I think that they, to to what Walsh said there, it's kind of feels like a tool to like drive whatever narrative 
the NHL is working on right now in, in the player safety, uh, you know, it felt like there was a lot more vicious head contact suspensions after the NHL was looking for that. Now cross-checking is, is more under the scope and there's more vicious suspensions coming out. It's, I don't know. It just seems like they're going to drive it any way they can and it's going to be through suspensions and maybe maybe that's where the personal vendetta comes where like like how people can think that is because if you want to get a message across to the nhl and to the media do it through the leafs yeah you made the comment today because we're we're sending some stuff back and forth you called it the hockey mecca of the world because there, I think it was a Chicklets post talking about uh, Tampa Bay and if their season's over because or not, their Stanley Cups hope are over because of Sergachev. Mm-hmm. And just like two comments at the top were like, "Oh, they can't even beat the Leafs in the first round." We're talking cups, and then the comment below it was, uh, "Well, if they play the Leafs in the first round, they get a first round buy anyways." I'm like, "How does how does this become a Leafs conversation?" Yeah, Hockey they were not mentioned. So, I mean, if you, if you're going to make a point in any way, and you want to make a point about cross checks, take down Morgan Riley, take down the Leafs, and it's going to get talked about. <laughs> totally understand where you're coming from. I know that was a bit of a loaded question, asking you if George Peros has a, vend- a vendetta against the Maple Leafs. The only reason I bring it up is because there's been a chart circulating the internet since this happened and the chart basically breaks down the amount of times and games that each team in the league has been suspended or had their players suspended for under George Peros's reign uh you know (laughs) and the Maple Leafs are of course number one they've been suspended more games and more times than any other team in the league except for the Washington Capitals who have been suspended more games but fewer times yeah, and I think that was Tom, Tom Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> yeah. So th- that checks out. And when I saw this, my very first, um, <clears throat> when I saw this chart breaking this down, my very first thought is how many games will Nazem Kadri get for this hit by Morgan Riley? Um, but that's, that remains to be seen. But anyway, Until the that end of the chart, series. Yeah, that chart. God, that was a stupid suspension. That chart's been circulating, so I just had to bring it up. Well, maybe they should stop being the dirtiest team in the league. Well, that's the thing. Are they are they soft or are they dirty? One, it <laughs> yeah, can't, be, can't both. be both. Yeah, yeah. It can't be both. Yeah. I remember remember when Jason Spezza got six games for an accidental knee on Neil Pionk? Yeah. Never been suspended before. Uh has like a thousand points, played a thousand games. Yeah, it's like I don't understand. But to your point, I feel like because it's Toronto, there's just a magnifying glass on it. And if you want to make a difference, this is unfortunately the way to do it, even though it is a bit unfair, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Is that everything on uh, the suspension case? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I feel like we, we pretty much covered it. Um, Okay. Well, thanks so much for listening to episode 199 of the podcast. And still yet to come is Harper's interview with Rebecca Sharp. Just to remind you, Rebecca is a sledge hockey coach who was just honored last month by the Ottawa 67s and has been nominated for Coach of the Year for the 2024 Ottawa Awards. So enjoy that interview and thanks again for listening. The 2024 Brockville Winter Classic is coming up this weekend with Ottawa Senators alumni. So many great events, including the RBC 
Family Day skate. And uh, joining us is sledge hockey expert, uh, former player and now coach. Uh, she's been on this show before, and she's going to be here this weekend for the Brockville Winter Classic. Uh, she is the head coach of the Ottawa Sledgehawks. Please welcome Rebecca Sharp to the show. Uh, Rebecca, good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm good today. Super excited to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, for coming on. And uh, Rebecca, first off, I want to say congratulations because last month uh, you were honored as uh, the Ottawa 67s Community All-Star uh, Coach. Uh, you received that award in January. Uh, what did that mean to you? That meant a lot. The past couple of years being able to transition from being a player to a coach has been such a journey, and I have loved every minute of it. I have such a great group of kids that makes it worth it every time I step on the ice and do things with them. That's uh, that's amazing. And uh, you've got a very uh, diverse group that you're leading. Uh, just talk about that for us. Yeah, so the group that I have ranges from, I think the youngest is four, and the oldest I have on the ice is about 13. So it's a very wide group, and it ranges from siblings to don't have disabilities to um, everybody who has disabilities. It's kind of a very wide range. It's kind of for everybody. So next Monday, uh, to wrap up the Brockville Winter Classic weekend, of course, is the RBC uh, Free Family Day Skate. Uh, you're going to be here for that uh, from 9 to 11. There is uh, some sledge hockey exhibitions happening with uh, youth and adult teams as well. What can we expect with this? Yeah, so for the first year, super exciting. We will have our junior team there. So we will have a team from Ottawa and a team from Kingston coming to play a game. So for Kingston, it'll be their first time ever playing a game. So it's super exciting to get them on the ice, especially in this community. Um, and then we will have the adult group on the ice right after for an hour of fun game. That's uh, that's awesome. And of course, uh, afterwards, uh, from 1130 to two o'clock is uh, the Family Day Skate, a free event with uh, music, hot chocolate and hot dogs as well. Uh, and Rebecca, you have been nominated for uh, Hockey Coach of the Year for the 2024 Ottawa Awards next month. How can people vote for you? Yes, you can go online to the Ottawa Awards and you should be able to find my name under Hockey Coach and you can vote every single day. I believe it's until the beginning of March. That's uh, that's fantastic. And uh, the 2024 Ottawa Awards are on March 8th. Uh, Rebecca, we're so excited to uh, to have you this weekend for the Brockville Winter Classic. Congrats on uh, all of your successes to this date and uh, looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Awesome. I'm so excited to be there. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.